back to the show, everyone. We are so glad that you could join us here on Song Talk Radio. This is a little show where we talk about the craft of songwriting. We share our tips and tricks and things we figured out along the way, and you share your tips and tricks and things along that you figured out along the way. And hopefully by the end of this whole thing, we all get a little bit better at writing songs. I am Phil Emery, and tonight, filling in for Neil Modi, Susan Catanio, and Susan is an award-winning songwriter and was just on her show back in May. Thanks for being here, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. I guess I'm one of the gang in yes, your intro. The and the gang. I'm in the gang. I'm so excited. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> yeah, and it was such an amazing show. We just got so much great stuff on it. So, Thank you. And what have you been working on the last little while? Well, so I uh, just released my album, All Is Quiet, in April. So all, um, you know, all of my effort and all my force is still going into getting that out into the world and getting people to hear it. So all is quiet. Yes. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So out there in podcast listening world, please do send us an email with your thoughts on the podcast or anything we talk about here on the show to feedback at songtalk.ca. And we love to hear from you. Now, uh, we are still taking uh, submissions for the Song Talk Radio 2022 Songwriting Challenge. This year, the challenge is to write a song to the title, Why Do You Cry? It can be any style or approach. When you send in your submissions, uh, we'd love to know a little bit of uh, the insights that you've gained while going through the process and um, anything you sort of um, realized by uh, doing this uh, fun challenge. Neil and Michael, I have... uh, done their show and I just did mine last week and um, so please send us uh, your entries and send those to feedback at songtalk.ca and we will play them on an upcoming show looks like we'll have uh, maybe three shows of our listener submissions we've got a whole bunch of stuff in there been pretty awesome and what a a great bunch of uh, songs we've gotten so uh, writing from a title uh, have you done that much well I guess you do that a lot Susan I do. Yeah. Because I think like there are words that kind of give you kind of like hints about what the song could be. And so, you know, the kind of the phonetics of how you say like, why do you cry? Like there's an I sound that's kind of obvious there that's asking for some sort of melodic treatment to it. So yeah, I read a lot from titles. That is really cool. So uh, yeah. So send in your submissions to feedback at songtalk.ca. And let's get started for the main part of the show today. And we're really excited because we've got a really cool guest tonight. Tonight, our guest is H. Jack Williams. And he is a songwriter who's not afraid to plumb his own history for inspiration. And let's take a bit of a listen to his song now.
the whole song quite yet. <laughs> it's easy to do. I know, so, right? Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. So how did you get started writing songs? Hmm. Wow, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I ever started writing songs together. Um, I think I started playing guitar and I started writing poetry. And I think it wasn't until I met Peter Gabriel. Oh, my goodness, probably 72 um, back then. Um, and I and I uh, and I handed him a, a couple of what I saw were songs. And I said, well, tell me what you think. And and he read them politely. And and he said, this is this is beautiful, but this this isn't a song. This is a poem. And I and I went. What do you mean? And he said, well, a song is music and lyric. You play guitar? And I went, yeah, I do. And he went, well, go home. Put them together. And I went, oh, I don't know if I could do that. He said, sure you can. He said, you you, you, you listen to music, right? And I went, yeah. And he said, you know how to play, right? And I went, yeah. And he said, well, listen to what's going on. You know, figure out that little thing that's going on and do the same thing, you know? And so I did. And it took a couple of years or something like that, at least a year. And I finally was able to go, okay, four lines, verse, four lines, eight lines, chorus. Okay, okay. You know, and I was able to finally, so it was probably... That's probably when I really first started writing songs was after I got that piece of information and then and then I was off to the races. That's a pretty cool person to learn your first songwriting lesson from. Yeah, Peter Gabriel. Let's start with him. Yeah. <laughs> I was lucky in the fact that I was I'm still lucky, but I mean I was lucky and blessed in the fact that everybody in my youth that I ran into that I asked for help. I mean, my first contract was with Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey. And um, and I learned, I, I think I could safely say that that uh, the three people in my life that taught me how to write a real song was Peter, I mean, was um, Pete Townsend, Ken Hensley, and Richie Havens. And so when you learn how to write songs for those three guys, you learn um, how to write a song. You learn and you learn hard, you know, it wasn't easy either. It was, you know, those guys were, um, they weren't polite in their, in their, um, I, I can't say it on here, but I mean, they weren't polite. And when they said, what, what do you call this? I mean, really? So, and it wasn't done that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I, you know, the school of hard knocks came with those guys. And then when I moved here, just take all that. So I was writing really good songs, I thought. I mean, Uriah Heap had recorded my songs that were on gold records. And then to take that and move to Nashville, which is the songwriting capital of the world, where all the really great songwriters live, and then to bring it here and be told that what I was done wasn't worth a damn. And I, you know, forget about all that. Now I have to learn what real songwriting is, the real craft of songwriting. That is not to say, well, Pete Townsend isn't really a songwriter, but um, Harlan Howard is, um, kind of twirled my brain around. But then when I listened to what they were saying, I was able to put the two together and, and learn. 
so yeah so i think that that's how i i started can you think of how the process changed from uh sort of the pre and post nashville um stage because obviously the nashville approach is different than what you were doing before well um now looking back i mean I remember Noel Fox, my first Nashville publisher. He he was he uh, uh, he was the uh, creative director for the Oak Ridge Boys Publishing Company, Silver Line Gold Line. That I assigned me to. What he said to me was when I first started there, he said, "Keep your mouth shut, and you write the mel- you write the grooves and melodies because boy, you you're you're on it." But let these guys in the first publishing deal I had, I had. Um, I'm sure you'll recognize some of these names, but I, um, the five guys that were in the publishing company that I worked for was Steve Earle, Jimbo Henson, Larry Willoughby, Dave Gibson, and um, and um, and Tony Brown. So, uh, and he said, keep your mouth shut, let them write the lyric, because lyric is everything, and what you're writing lyrically, yeah, it's emotional. It's good, but it's not Nashville. It's not. We paint pictures here, so you need to learn how to paint a picture with words. And I had no, honestly, honestly, I swear to God, Bill, I had no desire to do that. I, that was not the kind of songwriting I wanted. I did not want to, and uh, I still don't. I did not want to write a picture with. To me, um, furniture and a song was like, <laughs> what a waste of emotion. But. Because I was here and because it was the only way to be part of the gang, I had to learn how to do it. And along the way, I know I was told along the way by, I don't know who, but maybe it was Noel or maybe it was Larry Butler. But somebody told me along the way, they said, you know, don't worry about it. Learn how to do this. Get the idea. Learn how to, you know, learn what furniture is in a song. Learn how to make it work. And then, so you had those years that you wrote by yourself, all emotion. Now you have these years that you'll learn how to write with furniture and paint the picture. And then you're going to have the rest of your life where you will throw all that stuff in a soup pot, stir it up, toss it out, and that will be Jack Williams. And you must write everything you can for the next 10 years and then forget about it. And then the next time you start writing will be your songs. And, you know, when somebody tells you that, you say to yourself, oh, my God. I mean, really? Do I really have to go through all that hell to 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 be? But. You know, looking back now, I'm glad I did, because what I do now is it is a combination of everything they told me to throw in the pot. I would love to talk about kind of your songwriting process. So um, do you write every single day? Do you, um, cause I know you've, I mean, you have an amazing history, an amazing story. You've written with a ton of people in, in a ton of different places in different environments with different bands for others now for yourself. And what has been your process? Like, um, do you, do you, do you capture song seeds on guitar first, or is it something? Are you do are you in a daily practice of some sort of songwriting? At this point in my life, no. Um, but so 
there was a point in my life for what, 30 years? Yes. Every day. I got up and I wrote. I went in there and I did. Whether I had a publishing deal or not, excuse me, I got up and I wrote. And then, because that's what you did. You had to have a, you had to write every single day. And then, I don't know, maybe a, a couple of years ago, I don't know when it happened, but I just got up one day and I, I didn't write, but I didn't stop thinking about it, but I didn't write. And now, now what happens is that, and I've been interested you asked that question because this week I've really noticed it. Um, now what happens is um, I'll go, wow, um, I'll think of a title. Okay, let's just say one more day. And I'll go, and I'll think of something and I'll go, one more day. And, I, and then I'll think of the, uh, what, what do I want to write this? You know, I like that. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song. I'm gonna write a song about asking God because everything I do when it comes to God in any of my songs, and it's the way I live my life. To me, God's my my but to me, God's like my best friend. And I just go, hey, what's up? You know, I mean, I don't when I talk to God, I don't go, dear God, would you please make today best? I just go, what are you doing up there? I mean, seriously, <laughs> are you doing this shit to me? You know, and and or I'll go, well, thanks. That was a nice thing you did. And so that's how I have my conversation. That's how I have my conversations with God. And um, so when I write my songs, like on my EP, I have a song called Oh God. Um, and um, you couldn't have messed me up worse than you did today. You know, so. So I started thinking, what, what if I wrote a song and I get up there, I'm dead. And I get up there and I go, can you just give me a break? Can you give me one more day? Can you, and you know, we're, we're buds. I mean, if you ask me for one more day, I'd give you one more day. So um, can you just like, as a favor, just just one little favor and let me go back down there for one more day and kind of tidy everything up. And so then once I get that, once I get that picture, I'm like, okay, then it's, uh, then I get the guitar or I get the piano and it's like, boom. And then I put it together. And it usually takes one that, from that time that that happens to the time it's done, it takes a couple of weeks because I put it together. I'll buy a track. I'll do something. I'll get the vibe. I'll get it. And then, and then the final thing. Once I've got the feel, once I got a groove, then I'll write the lyric and I'll write the lyric all in one day. And then I'll go back to the next and I'll just burn it up over the next week or so and edit and edit and edit and edit, 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 edit until I get where I want it. Where it used to be, I would do that every single up oh, song idea. Let's write it. Boom. First, write it, boom. And uh, I used to remember people used to say, you know, uh, quantity over quality, uh, quality over quantity. And that's where I live now. I probably write a song. I probably write now, I would say I'm probably writing three songs, three songs a month. But I'll tell you what, the three songs a month that I'm writing now, every one of them are good. Where I used to write 25 songs a month, and one of them would be good. That's the difference. When, when you were working uh, sort of in Nashville doing that sort of heavy songwriting thing, something I've always kind of wondered, people sort of chase a dream and they kind of start doing the job. And then suddenly it's not that much fun anymore because it's sort of like, oh, I have to do this every time. And it gets to be like, oh, do I have to do this again? You know, even though it's 
you know, sampling chocolate, maybe that's just something you get tired of. Was it ever not fun? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, like I said, about four years ago, what became not fun? Um, I always have fun. Um, I never stop having fun coming up with musical ideas. I never stop having fun coming up with grooves. It just, I, I, it just, it's my world in my head. But what not became fun was um, that, and and I'm not, I swear I'm not knocking country music today because I think it's great. There isn't anything about country music, the modern country music, hey, more power to everybody that's doing it. But I got to a point where I just couldn't write any more about something that just didn't care about anymore. You know, I didn't want to write about a song and I didn't want to write beer in the back of the truck because everybody else was writing that. But it's it's it, it's it's important that the kids have those kinds of songs. But I was done with it. You know, I just didn't it didn't move me anymore. So I figured, OK, well, if it doesn't move you anymore, then find something that does. And then and then and then I. um I took some time and, and then I started digging deep and I, well, you know, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to dig back and I'm going to remember what it was like when I was a kid growing up and I'm going to go really dark. And then all of a sudden people just started loving those songs and it was truth. And suddenly I had a song in Yellowstone and suddenly Kevin was loving everything I was doing. And suddenly, um, suddenly I had a new publishing deal and suddenly I had a new, producer and and it was like because you're doing something real and you're doing something authentic no no nothing bad about the other stuff but this is so everything i do now is um is fun oh i guess it's i don't know if it's fun but it's 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 intriguing and it's fulfilling fun the fun part the fun part is when um like my video just got done you know, on one more day. The fun part was watching my video. Um, we're going to have a big meeting when it releases it, but watching Gary Rossington from Leonard Skinner playing guitar on my video, and he's never played with anybody else, and watching um, watching everything about me, that was fun. The, 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 the writing of it was fulfilling. And that's the difference. Now I'm fulfilled with everything I write. I sit here for the last week, I've been walk, coming in here every day for the last week, four or five hours, just working on this one little vibey thing. And I haven't started writing the lyric to it. I know what I'm going to write, but I haven't started writing the lyric to it yet because I just, I can't get away from this vibey thing. It's just, every time I put it on, it's just something that I love listening to, like I love listening to Don Henley sing. So it's that kind of thing, you know? It's like, oh man, I really love that it's like listening. It's like if I was to have written the track Boys of Summer without a vocal on there and just going in there every day and putting a little bit more on that Boys of Summer track and go, man, that's really cool. So that's what I'm getting these days. It's so exciting to hear like so much enthusiasm coming from a really authentic place, because obviously I think you've kind of worked through the commercial writing aspects and kind of come out the other side to something that really means something to you. I wanted to talk about like what it is like to release 
your own sound. Uh, so for me, like, you know, your voice is really, it's, it's its own instrument. It's its own distinctive style, graveling, melodic growl thing. And I just wondered, was there a point in your life where you had to kind of accept how you sound that you didn't sound like what is normally on country radio or at least currently on country radio? How was that for you? Well, that's a real story in itself, because when I started out, when I was 21 years old and I started out and I was working with Richie Havens and he, I don't know if you all know who Richie Havens is, but he had, he had that deep, deep, I mean, he sang at Woodstock and he had that deep, dark voice. And, and I had a little, he had, I put together a little band in New York city and I was singing and, <clears throat> and he was going, this is it. And then when I went to England, you're right, he recorded my songs and they had the script. And then Pete Townsend said, you know, the best thing you can do when you're a songwriter like me and you, and we don't have that great, great voice, we get a great singer. So I listened to all that. So when I moved to Nashville, um, you know, you just hired a great singer. You didn't sing your own stuff because if you want to get a cut, you wanted to sound country. I don't sound country. So I just put myself way back there. Plus, I also, in one year, I put myself back there because that was the job. And in the other year, I put myself back there because my father told me I stunk all my life. So I had, I can't sing. I'm worthless on one ear. And the other ear is saying, and do not sing because you need to hire so-and-so to sing your song so you can pitch it to so-and-so that'll listen to it. And so for 30 years, I did that. Then um, five years ago or so, four years probably, I did a songwriting night. I always did song. I already, I always did. Um, I always, sorry, hang on a second. I always, I always did songwriting, songwriting nights and one night, but this time was different. This time I came out with some new stuff that I just written, the darker stuff, and that just happened to be some important people in the audience. And when I got done, they went, "Why? Why have we never?" Now you got to know, I'm going, I'm a, I'm the worst singer in the world. I still think I am, and and I'm going, I'm the worst. No, Jack. And then Adam Box, drummer for the Brothers Osborne. No, man, I love your voice. And then suddenly there was all these people. All these people that I adored and, and looked up to were going, I love your voice. And so, okay, well, I'll do the best thing I can. And, and then more and more people love it. And so now oh, here we are. I mean, I just did a thing with Shelly Fairchild the other day. She just sang back up on a song with me and was like, I, I, I can't believe your voice. And I'm still going, no, I, I'm pretty bad. I don't know why anybody thinks about it. So I haven't, still haven't. I know what they like. So when I get to the mic, I know how to find that thing that they everybody seems to think they like. But 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 would I sit and listen to it all day long? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it scares me. I don't. Um, I get it, but I'm still not used to that part of it. I've always preferred vocalists who have interesting voices. I mean, there's lots of people who are fantastic singers. They can belt anything out. But it's that sort of little hook, that sort of personality that comes through. 
And that can be, you know, when you, when you hear someone, you go, yeah, that's, I know exactly who that is. And that can be a hard thing to find, I think. Yeah, but you know, there's, you're right. And there's like Tom Waits. Oh, yeah. And there's Leonard Cohen on that side of the scale. But then at the same time, Rod Stewart, who is my all-time favorite singer, him and Don Henley. Well, Don Henley's different. Don Henley's a great, Rod Stewart, you know, he's a commercial, successful, and I mean, if I could have sang like either one of those two guys, I would think I was a singer. So that's what my bar is, is like, I can't sing like Don Henley, and I can't sing like Rod Stewart, and I can't sing like Robert Plant. You know, I can't sing like that, but I can sing, and I can't even sing like Tom Waits, but I can sing like me, and so there's some songs I write that I go, I can I can portray that because it comes from my heart. But then there's some songs I still write that I go, you know, I just wrote one the other day um, that I hired a singer for because I, it was too rangy for me to even think about singing. I would have, I would have, I would have, and it never got past the gate. So, you know, I think that's important is to know, know your limitations. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, the song that we're going to be listening to one more day. The thing I really liked about it is that there's an intro. You know, so many songs now because uh, people are writing for TikTok or people are writing for, you know, streaming that, you know, it kind of goes right into the beginning. And this actually had an intro, and it was so cool, and I'm so happy just to hear an intro again. Um, when you're writing stuff now, are you sort of thinking about, okay, this needs to hit, sort of, you know, they say, what is it, 20 seconds? The chorus has to come Not no more, no. No, and you know, um, I don't know if you've listened to the album at all, but that song, and then there's another, that, that song, and there's another song on the album called um, Road to Hell. And those two songs I wrote with Kevin Costner. And uh, the odd part about that, the intro on that one, and then and then if you listen to um, Road to Hell, it's the back end of that. Um, Kevin's ideas were that. Let it play out. Let it play out. And then on Road to Hell, I said, man, it's going to be long. This is going to be like, Kev, this is going to be like five and a half minutes long. And he went, do you think that um, Elton John and Bernie Taupin gave a hoot how long Funeral for a Friend was? And do you think that um, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page cared about how long Stairway to Heaven? Do you think your buddy Ronnie and Gary cared how long Freebird was? I mean, if that's what tells the story, tell the story. So then when I was working with Moose, who wrote It's Five O'Clock Somewhere, you know, how many hits he's written. And then he's done a lot of work with me lately. And I brought that up. He's gone, uh-uh, no. You tell a story. If it's a seven-minute story, as long as you don't bore them, tell a story. If the story takes that long to tell, you tell a story. So if there's an intro that got it to get you going and get you to that point, then you tell the story. And so that's where I'm, and so because I'm not writing and I still know how to. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just met a girl the other day um, that that my publicist introduced me to her, and she's she's a she's a um, great great commercial country girl, and 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 we're riding that fence. On I can still write it if I want to write a a two minute thirty seven forty seven second commercial song. I can do it. For me, I don't need to. You know what I mean? I, 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 but I know how. You know, I know where, to, and it's just natural. I can go that, but. But I just wrote something today, and it's me. It's all about me. 
and it ended up being 248. And I didn't mean for that to happen. I really thought it was going to, but it ended up at 248. And I went, well, okay, well, I told a story in that length of time and I don't need to go any further. Um, yeah, it's funny. It ended up under three. I don't ever do anything, but you know, it's just how long it takes to tell that story where commercial music is all about, um, it's all about airplay and airplay has its own little box and those songs have to fit in a certain stop. So they don't, so people don't change the station and it's all about that. So you have to, once you understand that that's why they're short, then there's nothing wrong with that either, you know? Mm. Yeah, a different uh, a different tool for a different job. All right, well, let's right. take a listen to it. This is uh, One More Day by H. Jack Williams.
What a great <laughs> tune. It feels so good, doesn't it? Ah, it's awesome. You know, I've always thought that if you can find a good opening line, half your half your job is done. And yeah, you know, it's we've talked about this on the show a lot. And then you have the watching the road rolling under my wheels. It's so clear, you know, where that is. It's not like sunny days or, you know, it's not a vague statement. It's very specific. And and that really helps kind of talking about a journey. It's just such a great opening. No, I, I would love to talk to you about the chorus because <gasps> I want to, can we dive into the chorus for just a minute? So what I loved about the song is so line length. So line length is really kind of amazing in this song in the sense that, you know, you have it kind of like a balanced verse where you have a line and then a, a, a matching thing and then a rhyme and then a matching thing. And you kind of do that in your verse. And then in the back half of your chorus, you have this long extended part on the part where you're having the conversation with God. Um, and the meet and I, and I meet the man, I'll be asking him as a favor for a long lost friend, just look the other way and let me stay. And there's this tiny, tiny little line that is the, a beautiful lead in to the hook of one more day. And I kind of want to talk about did, when you were building that, were you aware of line length? Was that something that it just felt important to kind of keep, keep that part going on longer and break yeah, the I like pattern? To do that. I like to, that's just something I like to do. I like to roll it out. And then, the, and then, and then, you know, if those rhymes fall out when they're supposed to, it's magic, you know? And, and so if you're, you know, if they fall where they're supposed to fall or even where they're not supposed to fall, if they just fall and that thing, you know, um, that was just, uh, and what's nice about that, Oh, that length of that thing is is when Kevin does it because he does it too in his band. But when Kevin sings it, he sings it where um, the friend he's asking for his buddy as a favor for a long lost friend over here. My friend, he let him stay one more day, and only till he get to the back end of the song, then he goes, "Me, will you let me stay one more day?" And I just thought that. And as a favor for a long lost friend, we let me stay. Pause one more day. And I just, it came out. It was one of those things that just fell out, sort of. And I didn't have to work that rhyme so much. And those are the ones, you know, it's just like that opening line, what you said. Um, I used to hear that all the time when I was starting out. Gotta have a great opening line. Gotta have a great, if you don't have a great opening line. And so what happens is when people do that to you, when, um, when, um, your um you know whoever you're working with the people that are better than you and the people that you're learning from gotta so what you start doing is you start i gotta have a great i gotta i gotta i gotta and you could have already had it but you won't because you gotta have this great opening line oh that wasn't that wasn't a good opening i can do it better and i've learned i've learned now to just when i'm watching the road rolling man that's cool that's what i'm doing i'm watching the road rolling under my wheels and then i'm leaving it alone i don't know if it's a great opening line but it's opening that song up and it's now i can write the song because i am watching the road world rolling under my wheels and that's what i'm doing where it takes me i don't know you know and so 
uh, on and on I go, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, it, and it's like, I didn't, I, I didn't try to chisel. I didn't, I didn't try to chisel and make better words and more of this. I just, I just wanted to tell a story and I'm very simple. I'm very simple with my, always been very simple with my lyric. And I think, um, and I always will be because I think that what people like is simplicity, you know, something in the way she feels, um, you know what I mean? Yesterday, all my troubles seem so. I mean, it's simple. It's just simple. It's not. Let me figure out a clever way to say yesterday, all my troubles. I'm going to clever that up because I'm a songwriter. I just think when you start clevering stuff up, you start losing the emotion. And uh, that's where I I think. Do you have to go through probably? I mean, you're you're so experienced at this point. You it's It's second nature. But, you know, maybe earlier on, did you have to go through and kind of, you know, tweak things to get rhymes in places or is it always still been natural? Still? Oh, I still do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I still do. I still do. I just wrote this new song called um, Both Ends of the Dream. And um, it's got a great. Um, if I can find that lyric. Oh, here it is. So it's got a different rhyme scale. Um, I did a different thing with this. Life is like a carnival ride going round and round, lows and highs. Some wishes will come true, most never do. Hang on tight when you fall, get right back up and take that ride. So there we go. That's the one I like. Hang on tight when you fall, get right back up and take that ride around the sun again. So I mean that was a, that 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 rhyme just fell out like. That, that, that but the but if you but the point I'm making is is that's not where you would normally put that rhyme. No. You know, you wouldn't put it. You would say, uh, um, you would say. Uh, let me look at that again. So normally you would go, hang on tight, get right back. You wouldn't go, hang on tight when you fall, get right. You would go, the normal fall for that would be, hang on tight, get right back up and ride. So you'd put it there, one, two, three, where I went, hang on tight when you fall, get right back up and right on the, so the rhyme fell on the back end of the beat instead of on the one. On the end, right. I didn't do that on purpose. It's just where it fell out and I wasn't going to change it. I said, I'll make my music. I'm going to make my music work with that rhyme because I just thought it was interesting. And when I, that's the one I hired the singer to sing it. He went, man, that rhyme Jack in that channel was cool. And it was like, um, it was really cool. So, yeah. Putting a rhyme on an and is probably really handy too, because it, it probably makes it stand out quite a bit as well. I yeah. Think. Yeah, when you fall. But that was that first part. Hang on tight when you fall, get right. And it was like, I love the way that right fell, you know. And I think modern songwriting, these kids, these, these kids today are doing a lot of that. They're putting rhymes where you don't expect it. And um, I love it. I love the way they, I mean, my favorite songwriter today in today's music, if I, you know, in today's modern country, world, radio, airplay, is Morgan Wallen. I think no, I think he just spins out a song. He, like he's today's, he's, to me, he's today's Harlan Howard. The kid can just write these great little things that just dig at you. And, you know, I mean, I'm not supposed to be liking that stuff. 
that are that are 22 years old, but I love his stuff. I think everything he does is just what Jesus, what what his new one's called, what Jesus, not what Jesus did or something. It's it just ripped my guts up. It's so good, you know. When you're working with um, sort of young songwriters or, you know, people who are just getting started, do you notice people making sort of the same mistakes or 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 approaching things in a way yeah, that you know that's but I don't say don't nothing. No. <laughs> no. You let them be, let them let them marinate until they become good. <laughs> yeah. I mean you try to when you write with somebody that is learning, you try to I try to, I don't know what other people do, but I try to just continue help make that song on my end as best I can, but I don't ever point out their weaknesses. I mean, they did that to me and I hated it. So I would not do that. I don't do that to anybody. Now, if they ask, you know, if they go, you know, any ideas, any suggestions and I, well, then I'll do it. But just to say, Hey, you know, I wouldn't have done it like that. That's, um, I hated it when they did it to me. So I wouldn't do it to anybody myself. Um, I want to talk about like the song itself. So one more day, it really, it, it's so like optimistic and positive and kind of about enduring hardship and surviving. What was the inspiration behind that song? Was it just, I know you, you said like one more day and then you were like talking to God and you're like, is that, is that really what it was? Or was there a specific On the other side event? of this wall is my son's bedroom. Ah. And, um, <laughs> And I was thinking about him and I just said, you know, God, if, you know, if you die, if you could just say, can I have one more day? I mean, like if I died right now and they're not home yet from a 4-H thing. And if I died right now, I might, God, can you, can you, give, can, can you let me wait till I get home and say, see you later, Gator? You know what I mean? So that's where that came from. It was just like, we're never ready to die. I mean, some people are, but you're never ready to die when you're ready to die. So the cool thing would be to say, can you give me a few more minutes, please? <laughs> you know. Was it when a was it a pretty fast song to come together or was it something you had to Yeah, really... that one did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I gave it to Kevin and then he 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 changed what he wanted to change. He changed, he wrote that whole bridge and the second and part of the second verse. And um his idea was like his his whole thing was I had a different bridge. Um, and he was like, you know, he said, what we're missing in this song is honor. And he's yeah. all about honor. He's all about honor. And he said, you know, we're missing honor. He said, everything we do, every move we make, I know you do, Jack, and I know I do. We, we do it with honor. And even when we screw up, we screw up with honor. You know, we don't screw up like I'm don't we 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 had honorable intentions when we fell in the hole even though you know we were chasing something honorably but we fell in the hole and we didn't make it so even when i fell i fell with honor you know so it's like that's that was where that came from when you were in the marine corps right yeah yeah so you actually have first-hand experience with that um, yeah i'm a, i'm pretty honorable i think <laughs> I actually want to, you, you're also, you know, you're kind of multi-talented in different areas. You're also a chef. You're also a professional chef. Is that correct? I was, yeah. You're I what? was for years. Yeah. I how, still can cook. How is that like, how is, because I feel like they're kind of the same in the sense of yeah. you have, you have ingredients and you have to make a masterpiece out of ingredients. So how do you relate like 
making food to making songs. It's the same thing. It's the same creative process. And it's the same. I think songwriters and chefs are the same thing. And maybe actors too, but songwriters and chefs, especially, um, 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 it's that instant gratification. When I cook something good and I give it to you and you go, wow, man, it tastes great. When I play you a new song, hopefully, you go, wow, I love that new song. It's the instant gratification that creative people get from doing that. You put all the time and effort, throw all the ingredients into a pot, stir it up, then dump it on a plate or play it in front of a person and you get instantly, whether they like it or not. You don't have to wait. God, man, I've been waiting a month to find out if they were going to give me that job. You know, you find out right away. Mm, that is true, actually. And that's what creative people, that's what we're creative people, at the core of everything is that they want that pat on the back. They want that adulation. They want that, I love that. Not I love you, but I love that. That means I love you. And most creative people... I think from everybody I've met, most creative people have all been come from a hard place somewhere, abusive. It all come from something that made us all want to be loved. So if you love the song I played to, you love me. That's how we look at it. You know, and I think that whether or not people want to admit that or not, if you love something I made, you love me, and that makes me happy because I didn't get love like that a long time ago. What an amazing show. Thank you so much uh, for coming on our show, Jack. This was Thanks for fantastic. having me. We'd love to have you back sometime. You have a great big, huge musical brain. We'd love to pick more of if you have Well, time. thank you. Thanks for having me. I love being on here. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. For Song Talk Radio, the band wants to go home. We can hear them playing. Thanks so much for our, our guest. Jack, how do people get more of you? hjackwilliamsmusic.com We're about ready to release a cool video. And oh, uh, right. it's coming soon. One more day, the video. And it is. It, it was directed by um, one of Kevin Costner's top directors. And it's great. And, and it's uh, I've never done anything this good in my life. I'm really excited about it. Fantastic. We'll definitely include a link to that uh, in the show notes. And uh, Susan, how do people get more of you? Susanmusic.com. I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And right. Well, don't forget out there, we want to hear from you. So please send us your thoughts and comments on Twitter, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to at songtalkradio or send an email to feedback at songtalk.ca. You can check out the YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes now that we're all on these boxes. And don't forget to subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at songtalk.ca. You can find the links to all the products and books and web services we mentioned here on the show on the resources page. And wherever you are in the world, you can join us uh, for the next Song Talk meetup on Zoom. Free to join on meetup.com and free to attend. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link and come out and meet some other great songwriters from all around the world. Now you can follow uh, Neil at neilmodi.com. You can follow me at uh, philemory.ca and Susan, um, one more time. Uh, susanmusic.com. Susanmusic.com. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay safe and keep on writing. Good night, everyone. Bye.